Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners once again. And how blessed we are to have this opportunity to gather together each day, open up God's Word, study a little bit more, study a little bit more deeply into His Word, and learn a little bit more. We really are blessed. As I've said many times, it's just not this way in every part of the world. There are some countries where you're not going to be able to get on the airwaves and teach God's word openly like this and freely. There are places in the world where people don't have Bibles on a, as, as far as having a ready access to them is concerned. And oh, how many of those people would love to have one Bible or maybe even just a New Testament. And they'd stand in line to be able to receive one if they could only get one. We have Bibles galore here, don't we? (laughs) You could go into a dollar store and buy one for a dollar in many cases. You could simply go to some church building and ask somebody, would you give me a Bible? And they'd give give you a Bible for free. We've given out many Bibles. And yet we have such ready access to God's word but we seem to study it. I'm talking about on a general basis. We seem to open it and read it and study it so little. So little. How sad that is. You know, the old saying, familiarity breeds contempt. Well, (laughs) I think we see some truth to that particular old adage in terms of how people... They know they've got Bible. In fact, most probably most households have more than one copy in their home. And yet, they don't open it up. Hardly at all, if at all, and they read it very, very rarely. God gave us his word to guide us in his will. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. And in verse 15, Paul told Timothy, he reminded them that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. So God gave us his word for a purpose, not just to take up a space in our book in our cabinet our book cabinet or on a closet shelf or just to take up space to impress people on our coffee table in our living room or family room he gave us his his word he gave us the bible to guide us in his will to our salvation it's his word it's to guide us to salvation and also to guide us as to living a faithful, dedicated, consistent Christian life. We need to study it. We're thankful that you gather with us on this program, Search the Scriptures, to do exactly that, to study God's Word. And we pray that you're being blessed by so doing. Now, we want to encourage you to have a pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. At the end of the program, jot down the information that we'll give as to how you can contact us, Ask for the free Bible study that we send out through the mail all the time. Free, we'll even pay the postage. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free. And again, we'll take care of the postage. 
So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. Jot down that information. We encourage you also to yourself and to encourage your friends to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and in about one minute, you can sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And then you receive all of these radio programs automatically to your device, your smartphone, your laptop, your computer, your pad, your tablet, whichever one you choose. They'll go automatically, daily, to your device, and that will be free, and it will always be free. You receive these radio programs, all of our sermons, all of our Bible studies, our today's Bible class, which is about a 12-minute daily study that we podcast. All of that will come to your device for free and on an ongoing basis. So take advantage of that and encourage your friends and family members, your work associates, your neighbors, everybody you can to take advantage of that opportunity. We're going to get back into our study on God's grace. And in this section, we're talking about God's grace and my faith. You see, my faith is foundational to my salvation. Foundational. Why am I going to come to God for forgiveness if I don't believe in God to begin with? And we talked about Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 where the Hebrews writer says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So my faith is foundational to my coming to God for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Repenting of my sins, confessing my faith in Christ, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of my sins. Contacting in that act of obedience, faithful obedience, surrender obedience, the blood that he shed on the cross to cleanse me of the guilt of my sins. Jesus said, if you if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. John 8 and verse 24. So I must believe in God. I must believe in Christ as my Savior and God's Son. Before I can ever come to God, before I can ever expect to be forgiven and saved. See again, my faith is foundational. Where does my faith originate or how does it develop within me as I study God's word. Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now we spent a couple of programs talking about and studying rather deeply in the, the text written by our apostle Paul in Titus chapter 3 verses 3 through 7. And we looked at that again in quite a bit of depth and detail just going to read that again, and then we're going to turn to another text, similar, rather parallel. And here, Paul says in Titus chapter 3, beginning with verse 3, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. He's talking about our life, sinful life, before we became Christians. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us 
through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. We come to him through Christ and through that act of obedience of being washed and being regenerated or born again as we're baptized into Christ. And renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. By God's grace, again, and we've emphasized that over and over and over again in this detailed and in-depth study about God's grace. God's grace is that by which we are saved. Now we turn to Hebrew, I'm sorry, to Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to read verses 4 through 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Well, again, another text, basically parallel to the one we looked at over the last couple of times together in Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Paul was emphatic in stating that it is totally by God's grace that we can be saved. Did you get that in verse 5? He says, and it's a parenthetical statement, by grace you have been saved. And then again in verse 8, by grace you have been saved through faith, coupled with our faith. And then again, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. We have emphasized again repeatedly in this study that it is totally by God's grace that we are saved. We cannot save ourselves. We are totally dependent upon God's grace for our salvation. But God expects us to come to him in faith and obedience. And as we do, then he saves us. Now that's talking again about the washing of regeneration back in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. The washing of water by the word. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26. And Peter's response to those Jews asking him, what shall we do after they had heard the gospel message of salvation on Pentecost? And Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We come to God in faithful obedience and he saves us. And only he can save us. Paul was emphatic in stating that in this particular text. By grace you have been saved through faith. Now some people think faith, oh, that's just believing. That's all there is. James calls that dead faith in James chapter 2, 
beginning with verse 17 and going through the end of the chapter. Dead faith. In fact, he says that three times. And the only time you will find the phrase faith only or faith alone is found in James chapter 2, right at the end of the chapter. And he says, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. That's the only time you see that phrase in the entire New Testament and it is preceded by the, by the phrase, not by faith only. Well, we must come to God in faithful obedience. And then he saves us. In verses 4 through 7, we, saw, we see also, and we've talked about how God's grace is connected to his love, his mercy, his kindness, his goodness, and here that's brought out also. Going back to verse 4 again, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, that means dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show his exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so there we see his love, his mercy, and certainly that demonstrates his kindness and his goodness toward us. All of that is tied in to the whole principle of God's grace. God loves us so much that he gave his son to die on that cross for us. Perhaps the most familiar verse in the entire Bible is John 3 and verse 16. You see it even displayed at sporting events. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now what did Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5 say again? Even when we were dead in trespasses, sins, he made us alive together with Christ. He demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's God's love. That's God's mercy. That's his kindness. That's God's grace. He notes also in verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Well, remember that statement of the Apostle Paul in Romans 6 and verse 23 that shows both ends of the spectrum, spiritually. The wages of sin is death. That's one end of the spectrum. The other end is the rest of the verse. But the gift of God is eternal life, in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
both ends of the spectrum. While we were dead in our sins, in our trespasses, here in Ephesians chapter 2 and, and verse 5, God made us alive together with Christ and the rest of that verse. And that's his gift. Verse 8, it is the gift of God. The gift of God. By his grace. Now, again, in verse 9, there's no way that we can do anything or do enough things that would be counted good enough to save ourselves or even to earn God's grace. What does it say again in verse 8? By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. We've emphasized over and over again in this study on God's grace, we cannot save ourselves. And then in verse 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The Apostle Paul in his Romans letter, when you're reading through chapters 4 and 5, he reemphasizes that. There, we don't earn our salvation. Only God saves us. And we don't obligate him. We cannot obligate him by doing anything good enough or by doing enough really good things to obligate him to save us. He saves us. Why? Because we come to him through Jesus Christ, surrendering our life to him in obedience by repenting of our sins. No one would suggest that God would save a sinner in his sins, he saves a sinner from his sins as that sinner repents coming to him through Jesus Christ and surrendering to him as we have looked in detail in our text in Titus chapter 3 verses 3 through 7, surrendering to him in baptism so that the washing of regeneration by the blood of Christ, can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. As Ananias asked Saul of Tarsus, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Why did Peter say to those Jews who asked him on, Peter, on Pentecost, what shall we do? Why did he say, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins? The sense being so that your sins can be forgiven. Because that's an act of obedience that they needed to demonstrate. And don't let anybody tell you, hoodwink you into thinking that that's some kind of work on our part. It is not. It is a surrender in which we are absolutely passive in that surrender by being baptized into Christ. And don't let somebody else tell you, that's somebody else working by plunging you under the water. They're simply going through a lot of mental gymnastics to try to explain away what the scriptures clearly teach as to when we come to forgiveness through Christ. As we're baptized, as we are regenerated, which means born again, again, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. And exactly as Jesus told Nicodemus must happen for us to enter the kingdom of God. Except a man be born of water and the spirit. John 3 verses 3 through 5. We cannot work enough in and of ourselves to save ourselves. 
Only God can save us, and that's by his grace. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, Paul wrote, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, and that's through the gospel, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And we talked about that when we looked at that situation in the Garden of Eden when man first sinned, disobeyed God, and died spiritually because of their sin. God already had the plan for their forgiveness, their redemption, their regeneration in mind. And here, Paul says, before time began. God knew ahead of time that they were going to sin and that they need forgiveness, that they need redemption. He already had the plan in mind. He knew he was going to send his son to that cross as the perfect sacrifice, the one-time-for-all-time sacrifice, as the Savior of mankind. And through the shedding of his blood, we could be forgiven of our sins. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul wrote, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When Jesus told the apostles on the day of his ascension back into heaven, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Accept the gospel message, the whole gospel message. Don't try to explain some of it away or reject parts of it. It is the gospel message that embodies the power of God into salvation. The whole gospel message, which Jesus told the apostles to teach to everybody, everywhere. Are you ready to receive and obey that message of salvation? We'd love to help you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for making the way for us to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be reborn spiritually, to be saved and have eternal life with you in heaven. Help people to accept and obey that message of salvation that you sent your son to bring to this world. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for your grace. Guide us to come to you your way to receive that grace, Father. Please forgive us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.